Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more. BSN Broncos podcast coming to you from training camp 2019 and the BSN Broncos podcast is presented by Lixenol. Don't take our word on Lixenol. Take former Broncos quarterback Jake Plummer's word on it. He loves the hemp bomb. You'll find something you love. It's all non-THC and 5% of your purchase will go to a non-profit of your choice when you head over to Lixenol.com to get yours today. Zach, we had an interesting discussion yesterday as I was preparing to write the training camp observations. Because I turned to you and I said, I think one of my subheadlines is going to be that the offense looked a bit better today. And your face turned sour. <laughs> um, and you said, I, I don't think so. And so we did what we always do when we disagree on something. And we talked it out because that's what good relationships do. <laughs> and as we compared notes... I realized why we were on two different pages, and I think in the end, at least I'm willing to say that both of us were right. <laughs> um, you pointed out to me, look, the batted balls, they're still there. The sacks, they're still there. Uh, there was still an interception today, uh, and you pointed out a lot of really good things, and I, po- and I talked about our conversation in the observations because I think uh, it, it brought up an interesting point. For me, what I came to the conclusion of is the bar was set so low <laughs> by the first five days of practice that when I saw um, Joe Flacco have a nice play-action pass where he hits his back foot and delivers it to Cortland Sutton, and it's all on time, and the protection was there, I'm like, all right, that's a, that's a, that's a nice little thing. When I saw Philip Lindsay finally break another big run 
uh, when I saw Noah Fant get involved on two different big plays, I, I was in a positive mindset about it. So I think there was some positives to take away from it. But as I wrote, you were right in the sense that it wasn't a good day for the offense. Right. There were about four plays that we haven't seen much. I mean, it's it's the first time in any practice that we've seen four passes from Joe Flacco that were completed 10 yards over over the line of scrimmage. I mean, and on time. It wasn't a scramble drill. Yeah, right. It it looked good and those were really the only four positive plays we saw from the offense. It was actually kind of the opposite of what we had seen from Joe Flacco. He was checked down Joe. The first, what, five or six practices until yesterday? Yesterday, there were no checks downs. It, it was either, you know, the the four for four on balls. Uh, not four for four, but he had four completions over 10 yards, you know, a 15-yarder. Uh, there was about a 30-yarder to Noah Fant down the sideline, which was beautiful. Cortland Sutton in the middle of the field. Uh, it, you had four of those, may, maybe five. And then it was what we've seen. But More of the same. But, but you're right. It was progress in a way, but like you said, the bar was set so low that it was easy to do that. Yeah, there was progress. It still wasn't a good day. They still didn't beat the defense. Right. That's where that's what we kind of came or what I came to the conclusion of. Um, and I'm glad to see you agree with that. It, it's, I mean, you got to take the small victories at this <laughs> point for this offense. You do. Um, and, and the other thing I mentioned in the observations was that Drew Locke and Kevin Hogan both had solid days. Um, Drew, I thought, had some really nice plays to the middle of the field where he can really show off that arm strength to get balls into windows. And neither of them threw an interception. And I don't think Brett Rippon did either, but he doesn't get very many opportunities to. Um, so, small progress. What else did you take away from yesterday's practice? Probably even better news on the offensive side of the ball. Mm. Emmanuel Sanders, number 10, was out there on the field doing more than he's done since last December when he tore his Achilles. He took four to six, seven-on-seven reps, and boy, did he look good. He made a few catches in those reps, made everything out of those reps. The first catch he made was a diving catch in the middle of the field to split the defense. Right when he caught it, he said, I'm back, baby. And they need him. Whoo, boy, do they need him. I think that's another reason why I was just like feeling encouraged because he went out there. He was out there for four snaps, had two catches. They Again, on time. Now it was seven on seven. And what's crazy is it still feels like seven on seven is slanted towards the offense heavily. It still feels like most of the time the defense has been winning those periods. Um, so just to see that was another positive, but, but, but Emmanuel, you, you almost forget how versatile he is as a pass catcher. It's, you know, he is a deep threat. He's also the best route runner on the team. He also has the best hands on the team. He also, you know, in addition to that is the most clutch on the team when it comes to being a wide receiver. He is, a, he's, you know, people. you want to talk about 16 miles ahead. I don't think he's 16 miles ahead of anyone either, but he's probably three miles ahead of any other receiver on the team. And I said this, you know, in my observations, I said, you don't want to rush him because he's so valuable. But, man, I bet you if he was out there today on a, in 11 on 11, the offense might have a chance of winning the day. He'd be the best wide receiver immediately. And now his plan is two or three weeks until he'll be full go, full speed, no limitations. To me, 
That's an excellent time frame. Excellent time frame. No need to rush, like you said. But also, then you get him back for maybe a, maybe a preseason game. Uh, let him and Flacco play in that fourth preseason game. Of course, now the Broncos have five, so we kind of have to get used to that. So that final preseason game where the starters play, let Emmanuel get two series in, one series in, and then the rust is knocked off. Then once week one comes... It's the Emmanuel Sanders of old, and that's what Court and Sutton said. He said, I want it to be known that we are getting the Emmanuel Sanders of old back. It, it, he's not going to have this rust. So if he can play in one preseason game, that would be fantastic. Do you want that? Do you want him to play in a preseason game? I want him to be at the level where he can play in a preseason game. That's es- fair. Especially that fourth preseason game. That means he has two weeks uh, to, to you know just continue to get to game speed by week one. If he do- and if he doesn't play in one, we're not going to believe that he could have. Right. Because if they tell us, oh, yeah, Emmanuel could have played, but we decided to hold him out one more week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like John Winfrey could have practiced, but we decided to hold him out one more day. It's like, well, it's, that means I he need- wasn't 100%. Right. And I need to see Juwan on the field today when coach says, yeah, he could have gone today. Uh, he, he's probably going to go tomorrow. Okay, well, I have a little hesitation until I see it. Speaking of that, let's just a quick injury update. One, Juwan Winfrey, he got rolled up on. Weird, awkward hit. I think I mentioned it that day. Um, I think it's a calf, just a back of the leg uh, type of thing. He like, like you just mentioned, Vic Fangio said he should be back out of practice today, but not to hold him to that. So there's a bit of pause there. Uh, and the biggest concern is Jake Butt. What's going to happen with Jake Butt? Because... He's now, you know, he was just going to miss one practice. That's kind of the way they say, oh, he could be back out there tomorrow. And now we've reached the point of three, three in a row, including an off day and a a 36-hour off day. Um, And I I honestly don't expect to see him out there today either. Ryan, at first it was part of the process. This was to be expected in the words of Vic Fangio. And you know what? I believe that. I, I 100% believe that when they held Jake Butt out for the first practice because this guy's coming off of – he hasn't played football in so long. It makes sense to give him more rest days than anyone else. Then he misses a second day, and I'm going, this isn't good. This isn't good, but there's justification there. You know, he give him this second day off. Then the third day is a day off for the whole team. So you really – two days turns into, you know, three or four days of days off. So it make, made sense, right? And then yesterday, Vic Fangio drops the, he's hit a pothole in his road to recovery, showing us and telling us that this isn't expected anymore. They they, they tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, but now, you know, this isn't the road to recovery anymore. He had a pothole. And Ryan, I'm to the point. I love Jake as a player, as a person. I was so high on him when they drafted him. I believed in the plan. But this is a guy that you can't count on anymore for this year, for next year, for, for his career. And it's, it's I feel so bummed out saying that, but that's just the truth of where I feel right now. It sucks. And it's not his fault that he can't be counted on, which is so unfortunate. And you can probably just hear in our tone here that we both really do like Jake. And, and the sad thing for me is that he could, he could feel the pressure. Um, because now all of a sudden there's three, we thought three, there's four really good tight ends out there that don't include Jake, Butt with, with, uh, Austin Fort now making some noise and 
you could feel that Jake was feeling the pressure, and I just feel like he pushed it a little too hard, a little too fast, because he's so determined to prove everyone wrong uh, when we say things like, you you know, anything you get from him from here on out is the icing on top or the cherry on top or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you can't expect it. He wanted to prove everyone wrong and show that, look, I'm ready to go for training camp. I'm going to go out there and make plays. And I think he pushed it a little too hard, too fast. And that it's unfortunate to me because there is pressure on him. And that's my next point I wanted to get to is if this – I don't know what the end game is here for, for Jake Butt because if he misses a week here or whatever, he comes back, he's shaking the rust off, he's not going to beat out these guys. And so I'm I'm starting to wonder, like, is that is this going to be another – either he gets cut or it's going to be an IR, a stat, an IR stash again. And, and, and at that point, it's like, when does this end? And that's where you'd have to go right now is IR, P-U-P, uh, since, he, since he forced it – and tried he can't go on the pup right now and that that would have been the best place for him honestly to to start the season on the pup to be on the pup uh yeah now now the broncos just have to make the decision do we want because he ryan i don't i really don't see any path not any path i really don't see him being on the 53-man roster to start this season so do they put him on ir do they just cut him and move on from him? That That's going to be probably a decision from the medical staff, just saying, is, is there anything that we can get from him in the future? Is is it worth it to keep him on the IR? He's not making a lot of money this year, which is nice because the IR does count against your cap. So they could, could do that. But then if you look at the roster and you say, well, look, we've given Jake two years and now we have Noah Fant. Now – we have Troy Fumagalli, who is developing into the type of guy we thought he could be. And Austin Fort, we have, you know, two tight ends that we like, maybe three with Austin Fort, and we have the solid Jeff Hireman. Is it worth that? I feel so bad, so bad for Jake, because I could tell the first two practices, it really, the second practice especially, really seemed like he was pushing it. Uh, he was doing drills off to the side by himself after running routes of, of really just stretching that knee out. And then yesterday he was with the team on the field and he was wearing a, a, a pretty tight leg uh, sleeve on his leg. And uh, you just hate to see it. Yeah, you do. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. I hope he just comes back and is fine and looks great and makes the team. But man, it was already gonna it was already gonna be a tough decision because weren't you at the point where you thought they were going to keep three tight ends before we came into camp? I kind of was. And I thought maybe there's going to be some roster gymnastics to be done to keep a fourth. Well, now you're, you're back to wanting to keep four and that's not including Jake, Butt. and so I'm just, like I said, maybe there's, there's some roster gymnastics, but it almost feels like painful to do the, the IR thing for a whole other year. It's like, can you go, can you put a guy through that again? Yeah. And if this bump in the road is kind of what I think, and it's more than a bump in the road, not, not a torn ACL because I don't believe it's that, but if it's a significant setback, that's what Jake would want. But let's say really is just a small bump in the road, keeps him out a week. And then he's, he's healthy again and no setbacks through preseason. If the Broncos try the IR thing, he may say, no, I I can't be on IR for a third straight year. Can you guys just cut me and give me an opportunity to go somewhere else? Could be. Could be. Or maybe he just hangs him up. Now, does not seem like a guy who wants to hang him up to me. 
um, you know, going all the way back to the day he got drafted, he was asked, do you regret playing in, in the bowl game? Because sadly enough, that's where this whole thing started. And, and, and that sucks even more. And he said, no, I'll never regret being out on the field with my brothers. And that is not a guy who is going to let, you know, a setback or another injury or whatever it may be uh, derail his career. He want, He's going to keep going. He's going to keep going until someone tells him he can't anymore. And then he might even keep going a little bit further. All right, any last uh, little tidbits that you're – oh, one quick thing is Deshaun Hamilton pulled a hamstring or tweaked was the word used. He tweaked a hamstring out there yesterday. He looked okay after it. Um, he was still able to run, but they held him out for the rest of practice. You hate seeing stuff like that. He seemed fine because he only did a small amount of work with the trainers. Maybe it was, okay, this is an evening practice. Let's just let's finish practice. You stay on the sideline. We'll go in, really check you out there. I'm not too worried about it until he's not out there on the field today. And with the hamstring, would I, would I be shocked if he's not out on the field today? No, I wouldn't be at all. I wouldn't expect it. I would not expect him to be out there, even if he was 99%. Hamstrings are one of those things that you just don't screw with, and and that's what I hate about it, is one little hamstring tweak, hamstring tweak can bother you for a month. I hate it. Or more. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kenny Bell, who was out here last year, pulled his hamstring in a very early practice, missed a few days, came back, hurt it again, and it's just like that. Pretty much ended his career now he was a bubble guy and he ended up getting cut just because he couldn't get back on the field that's not going to happen for Deshaun Hamilton but it's like at this point it's like well just sit him down for the rest of the week so let's say Deshaun Hamilton isn't out there let's just say Juwan Winfrey isn't out there we know Emmanuel Sanders isn't out there and we know that Vic Fangio Rich Gangrella have been rotating so many guys in but let's say the very first play when you put your starters out there who are your three wide receivers on the field it's going to be Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Trinity Benson. Exactly. Trinity Benson has earned that right now. So what, what is he technically? He's your fifth or sixth? Yeah, he'd be your sixth receiver right now, fighting for that roster spot. Emmanuel Sanders praised him yesterday after practice, and we've seen it. Now, he did have one drop yesterday, but other than that, he's been solid catching the ball. Uh, he's been a receiver, which everyone thought, okay, this guy's a speedster. He's got to make the team as a punt returner, kind of sneak on the roster as that sixth guy. Well, if he's making the team right now, it's because of his receiving abilities and his nickname, TB. What do you think of that? Tumballs. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, the best thing that I heard Emmanuel Sanders say about him is that he reminds me of, of – Emmanuel Sanders said, quote, he reminds me of me as a rookie. Yep. And that's high praise. Um, he's fast. He can run the routes. He really wants to be great. And he's, he's got great hands. Like I've mentioned a few times, his arms are long, longer than you would expect for a guy who's even six foot, which is even taller than we, you would expect him to be based on, you know, what we know about him. His arms are long and he goes out and gets the ball away from his body right now, the sixth receiver spot, if they're going to keep six, of course. And I think if he keeps playing this way, they will. That's his to lose. Not Brendan Langley. Yeah. Not anyone else. It's Trinity Benson who's in there. It, you're exactly right. TB, it just makes me think of not tuberculosis, but uh, Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. TB2. <laughs> T- 
<laughs> Boy, what if he stole the brand from Tom? How good of a receiver would he have to be to to make that work? Where if you said TB two, people would think of him and not Tom Brady. Man, I wish I could remember the story someone told me, but apparently Tom Brady has a pretty intense legal team when it comes to anything yep. that involves TB. Yep. Um, and he was able to like shut down some tiny little operation that was going on. Is he going to make uh, Emmanuel Sanders apologize for saying TB yesterday? I wouldn't doubt it. Is he going to make Emmanuel Sanders go on Cease the podium today? <laughs> um, I guess the other thing to mention really quick is that it was chippy at practice yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, two little dust-ups, if you will. Don't call them fights. I know. I'll get, <laughs> um, the, the, the main reason why I called the first one a fight is because it ended with Derek Wolf throwing Connor McGovern's helmet. <laughs> I said 30-plus yards. Of course, Mace from his bird's nest, which I don't even know where that is. He's just somewhere in the sky <laughs> watching practice. He, of course, had the exact stat. 34 yards mm. was the throw. That is a long way to throw a football helmet. That is a long way to throw a football helmet. You do it, you do it uh, like gauntlet style where you, where you turn in circles and then toss it? I think that's what I would have to do to get it 34 <laughs> yards. Derek just had like his fingers on the face mask, and he threw it over his head, behind him. It wasn't even, <laughs> it wasn't even like a, a, you know, a shot put style or a football style or anything like that. It was behind his head. With roll, 34 yards. Impressive. He might be in the punting competition now. <laughs> now, I just got it. Derek, come on. Last week, what, four days ago, you stand on the podium, smiles all the way around, say how you're over fighting. You're, you're, you're mature. You're beyond the fighting years, and then you're right in the middle of it. It's, it's, it's funny. You can't, take, you can't take the football out of football players. Yeah, did you hear exactly what happened? So Derek had three batted passes already on the day and Connor McGovern had just had enough of it. <laughs> so as Joe Flacco was getting ready to pass, Connor just pinned Derek's arms against him and just kind of like hugged him. <laughs> and that's just not going to fly with Derek Wolf. Uh, so that's how the whole thing started. But Connor was actually a great sport about it. Usually when those guys get in fights, they don't want to talk to anyone afterwards. He was like, oh, no, me and Derek, well, we laughed about it afterwards. And I asked him, how would you grade the helmet throw? And he's like, he didn't give me a grade, unfortunately. But he's like, that's Derek being Derek. Had to put a little pizzazz on the end of it. So Derek was the instigator? Come on, Derek. You yeah. told us you were never the instigator. I mean, what do you, you can't take the wolf, you can't take the wolf out of Derek. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And then there was a second, I mean, very, very small little scuffle later in practice and after practice and Vic Fangio actually broke that one up. I mean, he put a screeching halt to it. Yes. It yep. lasted no more than five seconds. Yep. And after practice, Vic Fangio said, Nope, I hate it. I hate it. And that's not an answer that football coaches will give. I mean, a, a lot of football coaches say, yeah, I love the aggression out there. We're battling each other. We need to play someone else, but uh, you, you can see that we're ready. Vic Fangio said, Nope, I don't want any part of that in, in with my team. Loved that. I just, I kind of disagree, which is funny for me to say that right after I just said I loved it. I just love that he takes a stand on things. He's not trying to spin everything, you know, because a lot of, I, I hate always going right back to Vance Joseph, but he's the, he's the most recent thing in our head. A lot of coaches would have said, yeah, a little physicality, you know, and, and I think Vance is one of those guys who would have said, look, this is football. It's physical. 
there's high emotions running. And, and it's like they're always spinning it so it's not a negative thing. I love Vic Fangio just being like, no, I hate that. I'm not cool with that. It's not, I'm not down with that. And it's going to stop. And you know what, Zach? If I know anything about Vic Fangio and the respect this team has for him, I don't think you're going to see any fights for a few days. At yeah, least. I, I certainly wouldn't think so. He said, I talked to him about it. He said it twice. What's Vic's, what's Vic saying to put a kibosh on that? No more of that. You know what? None. I and don't want to see it or else. And that's it. Because there, there wasn't he, – he didn't circle the team up after either of the fights. It was, he probably stepped in that second one and said that. Enough of this, as Emmanuel would, would say, stuff going on. And then after practice, he probably mentioned it again in one sentence. And it was, it was that thing where if you have respect for me, you're going to listen to what I'm going to say. I'm not going to have to scream at you. I'm not going to bring it up again in a meeting later and yell at you. You're going to listen to me. And Vic, so far, he's earned that respect from the players. I hope he said, you're not going to like me when I'm mad. <laughs> he just gave him the disappointed look. He, he wasn't mad, Ryan. He was disappointed. Oh, that's what you don't <laughs> want. All right. Uh, before we move on, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, the official – BSN Denver beer, the official beer of D- BSN Denver, or as I like to say, Breckenridge Brewery, damn good beers. <laughs> um, they are a co-sponsor or, or a co, whatever you want to call it, of our bar crawl that's going down this Friday. We're super excited about it. Um, Zach will be there. I'll be there. If you're a listener of the first podcast I was ever on, which was RK and B-Bads, the BSN Buffs <laughs> podcast. Feebads will be in attendance. Uh, we're reaching all the way back to the OG podcast there. Uh, a lot of BSNers are going to be there. We're talking AJ, Drew, Harrison. You know, if you listen to the Denver Sports podcast, the whole cast of that podcast will be there. Brandon Spano will be there. Uh, it's going to be really fun. And the best part of it is you're going to get to play drinking games with us for free. <laughs> um, and that means you get a drink for free. So, Come hang out with us on Friday. Uh, we're starting at Blake Street Tavern at 7.30. Just show up. If It would be helpful to us if you went on to bsndenver.com, hit up the event calendar, which is on there, and just RSVP'd just so we know how many people we're going to have, how many pitchers we got to buy at each bar, that sort of stuff. But it's going to be really fun. So if you're in the area, don't miss out. Come hang out, drink beers with us, and shout out to Breckenridge Brewery, damn good beers, for helping put it, helping us put this on all right let's take a quick break here when we come back on the other side we will get to your questions and of course there are plenty tax debt is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the u.s that's why symbio tax and administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbio Tax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity. I would recommend George to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I've had the opportunity to talk with many different 
tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate. SymbioTax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels, as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands. George was able to save us about $7,000, and of course, you know, being an independent real estate broker, $7,000 is a substantial amount of money, and it was really nice to get that dealt with. They offer free consultations, so be sure to check out SymbioTax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O. Moving along on the BSN Broncos podcast, hopping into your questions. You got plenty of questions. We got answers. It's how we roll. First one coming in from Jewel Flacco. (laughs) Hell of a name change. (laughs) Amazing name change. He says that Migos bit was hysterical. If this season goes well enough that we want to look back on it fondly, that's necessary in any season compilation pod. If BSN ever gets into the custom ringtone bids, you definitely have a winner with RK's last sound effect. (laughs) Bronco Duck also says, totally agree. I was laughing at that Migos bit. The bird sound was the best. (laughs) Hashtag we do it for the culture. That's just going to be the new official sound stamp of the BSN Broncos podcast. You ready to do it for 20 more questions? We're not going to do it on every question, but some maybe, you know, just when you say something that I really like, that'll be my affirmation. I love it. I love it. Next one coming in from not Philip Lindsay. He says, all right, first of all, I did not ask my parents for money. You're the LOL. one who said that the reason you didn't subscribe is because you rely on handouts. <laughs> and here's his handout. He says, I won $40 from winning a couple fantasy leagues. And with the discount, I thought I might as well just jump in. So you won a fantasy league in July? That's impressive. It's not a baseball league. <laughs> maybe you are ta- maybe daily baseball. Oh, but I don't think it's legal spender. to pay that if you're 14 years. <laughs> yeah. He says, quick question. I've been trying to defend the Broncos trading back and grabbing fan instead of just grabbing Bush. So would, grabbing you- Bush. <laughs> so would you rather have Bush and Reisner slash Locke or Fant Locke and Reisner? Thanks for all the top class content. Top class. Are you also from the UK? Um I can't defend that right now because Noah Fant hasn't looked good enough. Mm. Uh, now, I don't know what Devin Bush is doing over there in Pittsburgh, but if I if I could tell you, Noah Fant has unlocked this offense. He looks great, and yesterday was probably his best practice, so I'll give him credit for that. But I can't tell you that Noah Fant right now has been blowing me away by any stretch of the mind. And so, again, I don't know what Devin Bush is doing, but I, I can't necessarily defend it right now because I, I haven't seen it. Now – the red zone stuff is super encouraging, and I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. If he just is that this year, then maybe I'll defend it. But right now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was, it was a great move until I know it was a great move. Now, the one thing that you have to consider is that Drew Locke became a possibility because of that trade. But at the same time, Drew Locke isn't knocking our socks off quite yet either, and we don't expect that. But still. If those two pan out, and really if just Drew pans out, it was the best move ever. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why you can't defend it, and why you can't. Why you can't, Ryan? Are you more confident that Devin Bush will be a Pro Bowler this year and moving forward, or Noah Fant? 
I, I, I don't know yet. To me, it's easy. De- Devin Bush. Okay. Way, I'm way more confident in that being the case. Th- this year, I think Devin Bush has a good chance of being a pro bowler. Now, here's why you can defend it. You would have got two starters. In, in, or you would have got one starter if you went Devin Bush and then Reisner or Locke. One guaranteed starter. Maybe two. With this scenario, you got two guaranteed starters and a potential quarterback that is your future. And I love Drew Locke more than the average person, probably more than anyone else. I I loved him. I said, take him at 10, and it's a good pick. Trade back, take him at 20, it's a good pick. So you get him at, what, 34? That's Or no, 42? That's amazing. So by trading back, you, you still got two starters and your quarterback of the future? Come on. Come on. Putting it like that, there's zero way that anyone can bash that you know what's funny is i think one of the benefits they thought they had in drafting drew lock at 42 was that there wouldn't be first round pressure on him if you just like you would never know the old alien analogy if an alien saw the pace the pulse of the fan base right now as it relates to drew lock they would think that he was taken with the 10th overall pick right exactly it doesn't matter in the long run but there is first round pressure on him it's just You know, you want to talk about quarterback premium. That's what it is. It's quarterback premium pressure. Yep, exactly. Next one coming in from Bronco Born Bronco Bread. Says, what up, y'all? Been listening since draft coverage and finally pulled the trigger on subscribing, so I got a lot to get off the chest initially. First off, the jersey discussions were some of my favorite content because I was the same as Ryan, always in a jersey as a kid. First jersey was a blue TD one that I got before I can remember. Since then, my Bronco collection has gone to ha- has grown to have Elway, duh, Orange Champ, Blue Tebow, a White Manning one, and my most proud one was a month after we drafted Vaughn. I told my mom to get me the legit one for my birthday because I was so sure he was going to be a monster for us. Real quick, just because you brought up Terrell Davis, I have to flex for a quick second. <laughs> Terrell Davis slid into my DMs this morning. <laughs> That's a thing that happened to me when I woke up. That's the first thing I saw when I woke up was that Terrell Davis slid in my DMs. That is too cool. Big time over here. You know. He says, sorry for the long comment. Just had a lot of catching up to do. By the way, Ryan, if you're struggling with 100 yards and in, try the choke down pitching wedge tactic. Go on. I live in Dallas, and down here, our courses run fast, so I've learned the art of the old man golf of lower ball fights and more roll. So, speaking of old man golf, the person who taught me golf is my grandpa. And uh, the, as we call it, the bump and run, that's my that's the most lethal uh, weapon I have in my arsenal. But it's a, I've tried it. From, you know, 80 or whatever it is. It, it doesn't work quite as good. I like it just from, you know, 10 yards off the green. But maybe I could uh, bring the old 80-yard bump and run into the arsenal. The bump and run's already my best move. He finishes up and says, P.S. My name is in reference to the only other football team I love, the Oklahoma Sooners. Famous saying for Sooners is, Sooner born, Sooner bred, and when I die, I'll be Sooner dead. I like that. <laughs> it's catchy. Uh, is your boy Jalen Hurts going to win another Heisman as a transfer quarterback to Oklahoma? Absolutely. Three in a row. Wow. So you're not going to tell me it's Tua. No, it's going to be Tua. It's going to be Tua. I think Tua – I hate to say this. I think Tua's (laughs) headed for a nosedive this season. Uh, He already had the nosedive at the end of last season. It's only only up here. You know what? He had the – what rookie quarterbacks face. You know, the eight games of success. 
And then they hit a wall. And, Counterpunch. And can they bounce back? And come on, Tua, Tua can bounce back. Mel Tucker put out the blueprint of how to shut down Tua <laughs> Tagovailoa. <laughs> he's done now. It's over. No, he's still going to be a first-round pick. I don't think he's going to go number one overall, though. That's my prediction. It's going to be LaVisca Chenault Jr. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bet you pizza on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat pizza. Anyways, going on Keto here. Keto pizza. <laughs> Uh, from Broncos guy 63 says short and sweet. What do you guys think of trying to pick up Mike Daniels now that the Packers cut him? Brandon Thorne on Twitter seems to be a big fan and I value his opinion. Thanks guys. And keep up the great work. A lot of these guys who, when, uh, and who, who did the Redskins just cut? Uh, they cut a, a starting inside linebacker. Makes a lot of sense, right? Typically when moves happen, it always makes sense for the Broncos to pick them up and the Broncos are never interested in adding that late veteran. Ever like as soon as anyone relevant gets cut, every team's fan base is like, "We gotta get this guy. What are we doing? Come on!" I've seen him on the bottom of ESPN scroll one time. Yeah. We gotta get him. Uh, and and I'm not uh, not taking a shot at you at all, Broncos guy sixty three, because you simply just asked. Um, I don't know. It just never happens. So I, I'm until it does, um, I'm gonna ignore it. Do they need a big defensive tackle? Uh, they could have Domita Pecco if they want him, and and. They haven't wanted him. I like what I've seen from the defensive line so far. And, and honestly, I don't really think the Broncos have much money to, to give out right now. You know what? If his name was like Mike Daniels, I would be more uh, <laughs> more inclined. But Mike Daniels too basic? just doesn't are, are do it for me. Are you basic shaming right now, right? No, I'm saying I that. I thought you were about not basic shaming. He doesn't have a baller name. <laughs> his name's just, that makes it hard for me to like him. <laughs> Next one coming in. Tell, tell me what you think of this name. Mile High Magic 94. Didn't need the 94. <laughs> Says, in honor of the back-to-school photo some of the Broncos took, let's do some first week of training camp superlatives. Best hands. Best hands. No one right now. Seriously. <laughs> but that's, that's what makes it a good question. Um, probably Juwan Winfrey. Emmanuel Sanders. He hasn't played enough. I don't think Juwan Winfrey's had a drop in 11-on-11. I don't think so either. So I'm giving it to him. Best feet. Easy. Philip Lindsay. Going to have to go with Juwan Winfrey. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) He actually does have really good feet. Uh, Yeah, Philip Lindsay is uh, easy there. Best throw. Derek Wolf's helmet throw. (laughs) Best catch. What's your best throw? Best throw of all of camp? The one that really sticks in my mind is Drew Locke to Brendan Langley. Yep, that's what I'm thinking. Best catch. Who was it yesterday? Someone had a. I think it was Kelvin McKnight. It was Juwan Winfrey, even though he wasn't practicing. <laughs> Kelvin McKnight had a diving catch yesterday on a throw from Drew Locke that was real nice. I'm going Deshaun Hamilton a few oh, practices ago, middle of the field. His, I didn't know how to describe it, but his body was like completely stretched. Every limb was going like in the direction you would think limbs would go. Think of. The Jordan logo, right. if his arms were spread out right. because his left arm was out in front of him, but his right arm reached back, but it was so calm yeah. and smooth. He was just like floating through the air, like almost like a gazelle jumping over a fence. <laughs> and he just reached back and just boop. Yep. Yep. Didn't Got bobble it. it or anything. I've seen him do so many one hand catches in, in individual periods uh, and just messing around. I know a lot of those guys do it, but. 
I think he's a guy who's going to shock people with his one-handed catches this year. Because you, you think bigger guys. It, when, when I say who's going to have more one-handed catches, Emmanuel or Cortland Sutton? You probably think Cortland Sutton just because he's bigger. It makes Cortland more sense. Sutton, Cortland Sutton sucks at one-handed catches. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, Deshaun Hamilton. You know who's real good at one-handed catches? Juwan, Juwan Winfrey. Winfrey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Most likely to win a job. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most likely to win a job, Joe Flacco, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, no, I, okay, who is the most likely underdog to win a job? Is it Trinity? A starting job or just get paid this year? Well, a job. A I don't know. job. Maybe, uh, well, I mean, I know who you're going to pick if I say a starting job. McLovin. <laughs> Are you still high on McLovin after he was not very good yesterday? I saw him have one good one. Oh, okay. I saw promise. Right. I saw promise. <laughs> Maybe he was a little jet lagged. I'm not gonna lie. When you, said Ma- when you said, "Oh, I like that." When you said McLovin, I had no idea who you were talking. Bro, about. how do you forget this stuff? <laughs> this morning, he asked me, "What was the Migos bit?" I'm like, "What do you mean? We talked about this like extensively over text okay, with Andre." I was just, I was more enthralled with the act. You know, I wasn't focused on the name. <laughs> Apparently, they're actually called the Migos because it's like mm. short for Amigos. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. The friends. Yeah, the boys. But why don't they have an apostrophe? That gets confusing. Yeah, they weren't going to waste their time <laughs> with an apostrophe. <laughs> Ryan, some news coming down. Deshaun Hamilton, not practicing. Mm. Could have yeah. called that one. Yep, did call that one. Did, uh, you're right. <laughs> <I did. laughs> uh, so, most likely to win a job. This is tough because I don't I don't know who who is like underdogs now, you know? I don't know where to start with this. Most likely to get a starting job, let's say, from as an underdog right now. Uh Troy Fumagalli? Yep, I like that. One I don't believe in, but you could go with is Elijah Wilkinson. Ah. Uh, yes. I don't think Garrett Bowles loses it in preseason though. No, but Elijah Wilkinson, man, ever since Rich Gangarella said that I've been keying in on him. He looks, he's fluid. Yep. He's fluid. I he's, like that. He's taken well to Mike Munchak. And last one, most likely to lose a job. If we're going throughout a season, <laughs> 72. Uh, most likely to lose their job. Do it for a whole season. Uh, is it Joe? No, I don't think so. Tim Patrick? No, Jawan Winfrey, that, baby. No, that's too low. That's too low. Not a starter. Uh, Joe's pretty high. Colby Wadman. No, <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome to the McLovin, the McLovin show. All right, <laughs> he finished up his thanks Real for the quick. great content. Most likely to lose their jobs, us. Oh. If you don't subscribe using oh. the code Broncos Camp, we know you're out there, person who is still freeloading. And without you, it could be Zach and I who are most likely to lose a job. So think of the kids. Yes. Think of our families. (laughs) Think Think of us. Think of our mortgage. Think of our strawberry sky budget. (laughs) What will we ever do? No, but seriously, sick deal right now. $10 off and use the code BRONCOSCAMP. You're going to get an annual pass, like I said, for $10 off. Uh, and you're going to get a free shirt, which is worth worth $27. Don't believe me? Go look at bsndenvermerch.com, and you'll see. That's what we charge, $27. So the shirts are sick. There's a ton of options. If you want a Rockies one, 
bless your heart. Uh, if, <laughs> if you want a Broncos one, we've got some cool Philip Lindsay ones. We've got Von Goat. We've got the Fangio Godfather. Um, whatever it is you want, we can hook you up. And now we have Buff shirts and Ram shirts. So there's something for everyone. And you want to buy an extra shirt because your girlfriend is or wife or whatever, boyfriend, husband, is going to steal yours because it's so comfortable. So just prepare for that. But use the code BroncosCamp, subscribe, and stop being a freeloader. And don't forget about our audio stories. You can, you can hear Ryan and I at any time, even when this podcast is over. Let us read you our beautiful pieces of work. Yeah, exactly. And again, make sure we're not the most likely to lose our jobs. <laughs> uh, anyways... I couldn't pass up on that transition. We're a little early here for the break, but why don't we take it right now? And when we come back on the other side, we'll finish up the rest of your questions. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Final segment on the BSN Broncos podcast. A lot of questions today. Love seeing you guys chime in. And Zach, we have a new champion of the youngest <laughs> BSN Broncos <laughs> podcast listener. This one comes in from Vaughn, father of Tom. said, I'm actually 13 years of age. Hey. Which is confusing just because the word father is in your name. <laughs> um, he's a teenager. A true teenager. Yeah. But he's almost 14. Uh, he says, us young fans are taking over. Just like not Phil, I hopped onto that deal with my own money, not my parents, <laughs> LOL. Anyways, you guys really got me into the Denver and Colorado sports culture so much that I'm debating picking up a Rocky shirt for myself. Ooh. I really think I've found another team uh, aside from my beloved Indians. Hmm. I'm all, I've always got a, a grudge against the Indians. Why? Because they had a 3-1 lead on the Red Sox in 2007, and they blew it. And in the process of blewing it, my beloved Rockies had to sit on their you-know-whats mm. for 11 days, I think. And by the time the Indians had blown it, the magic was gone. Up until that point, that was one of the most fun sports stretches in Colorado history. And it's 100% the Indians' fault. The Rockies <laughs> had nothing to do with it. Anyways, he says, I think this will be acceptable because of, uh, of the whole all-star voting team up that the Rockies and Indians had on Twitter when MLB all-star voting came up. I, I begru- I'm, I'm holding a grudge against the Rockies now for accepting the Indians. <laughs> they cost us a World Series. Anyways, he says, can't, ma- can't wait to meet up at the Hall of Fame game. Uh, let's not try to have 
a full meetup at a bar because your boy can't drink. Go Broncos. <laughs> well, we'll just have it in the morning or not in the morning, but like we'll have a lunch meetup mm. or something. That way you can still get into the bar. Exactly. And, and get a Shirley Temple. Nothing wrong. Wait, Ryan, I have a question. I have a question for you. <laughs> Why did you have to name the kiddiest <laughs> possible drink? Oh, I love Shirley Temples. I, I don't. I, I haven't had one in a long time, but come on. That was my go-to before I could drink. I used to order a cherry Coke in the style of Shirley Temple when I would go, like, just add the grenadine <laughs> oh, for me. That does sound good. It's actually real good. You, God, you I cannot imagine how many carbs are in one of those. You for sure would be a Coke Slurpee guy. That's yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm a Coke Slurpee guy. Hey, so is LOL the thing that the young kids use now instead of haha? Because both of our young commenters today have both used LOL. Bro, everyone's been using LOL for no, years. No, no, over haha. You know, so a, a lot of commenters throwing the haha. I've gone uh, full LMAO. You have. That's like galaxy brain. That's because I'm funny. That's why you send it to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next one coming in from uh, Ruan Pablo. He says, hey, guys, new subscriber here. So excited to be a part of the BSN community. You guys do such a good job on the podcast. Now about the Broncos camp. Which of the backup linebackers did the best job filling in for Todd Davis? And also, how would you guys think about having an NFL game outside of the U.S. a little farther than London or Mexico? Like Brazil, for example. Football is really a growing sport in this country, dominated by soccer. We only have two players in the NFL, but already have a lot of fans. Would be an incredible opportunity and a personal dream of mine. Anyways, thanks for the best coverage of the Denver Broncos, and keep doing the hard work you do so well. Thank you so much, and we're so happy to have you rolling with us. Real quick, Zach, do you have any idea, uh, have you been paying attention to uh, Burrito Brad's emails, Nacho Brad's emails about how many people we have coming to the draft? I've just been asked this. He hasn't given us an update on how many people are coming. So, Brita Brad, you you hear us? How many people are coming to the draft? I actually do read the emails. I'm just <laughs> bad at, I'm just bad at responding to Let's them. Let's just say there's one person that hasn't paid. Don't hey, know who that would be. I just feel like <laughs> I don't know. I'll pay eventually. Um, that I'm that guy. <laughs> yep. I'm doesn't pay the fantasy dues guy. We know where you live. I just realized well, I that. I know where you live. You you're the only one who knows. <laughs> And I feel like if you came to my house with a crowbar, like, I'd have a chance. <laughs> Me? Just don't tell Derek Wolf, <laughs> please. Um, anyways, I just uh, I thought I could answer that. I also saw someone in our email mentioned uh, the BSN Open. So maybe the BSN Open is still alive. Mm. I want to play golf that day. So <laughs> get a nice early day, early round of golf in the morning. Draft, I think, we will do around 4 o'clock because the, the Broncos play that night. And then the Broncos will play right after that. It'll be one hell of a day. That will be. That'll be. That'll, it's coming up. It's coming up. Less than a month away. Okay. Was there a question that I backup linebacker that's done the best? Joe Jones. Yeah. Now the thing is, he hasn't necessarily shined the most when he's with the first team, but just whenever he's on the field, he's making plays in coverage. His pursuit speed is. It blows me away every time. Ryan, the music's on. We gotta. We gotta haul through these. Next one coming in from Cole Voselli says, "Dang." In my brain, I had been thinking I was the youngest p person listening to this podcast. It's 17 and on my way to first year of college. Wow, you're an old head compared <laughs> to some of these guys. Speaking of this, I've actually always been wondering about the age demographics of this pod because I'm a nerd. Do you guys know what they are? If not, it'd be cool if one of you or the BSM Broncos Twitter accounts did a poll for age ranges. Thanks for all the great content. Cool. Uh, our biggest 
demo, the biggest chunk of people is in the 18 to 34 category. It's a pretty big um, range there. If you want to tighten it up a little bit, it would probably be 24 to 34. But as we've learned on this podcast, <laughs> our low bar is 13. And someone also chimes in later and says they're 66. So we got to find out if there's someone older than 66, and then we can get the full range here. 13, man, it's awesome. I, I love that, that we're expanding our range. It's pretty crazy to me that we can be entertaining to that wide of a range of people. Yep. Or there's just no other options. <laughs> All right, next one comes in from, was there a question? Oh, nope, nope that was the question. From Broncos Girl 723, improving that that demographic, which I highly appreciate. She says, what's up, my BSN fam? New subscriber, spoiled myself for my birthday yesterday. Welcome. Couldn't decide between the Goat Miller or the Mile High Salute. I already have the homegrown. So I got both. Wow, she's going to get the whole collection here. She continued, I also felt it was my duty to spread some girl power. It was. I made it. Uh, I made it for my first day of camp this year, go to a few every year, and let me say, gentlemen, I'm getting so pumped. Tons of reasons. I don't think I'll name them all, but the main reason is coach. Today he was doing some teaching with the guys, and all of them were paying attention to every letter that came out of his mouth. I love it. I'm so stoked I found you all a while back, and now that I'm no longer a freeloader, get used to me. (laughs) I don't miss a pod. I'm not a monogamous listener, but I am a monogamous subscriber, and I just love you guys. Zach, if you ever want to meet your doppelganger, take a trip to Shreveport, Louisiana. I have a buddy that laughing all is your straight-up doppelganger. (laughs) Keep up the amazing work, you guys. You can go down there. I believe Shreveport hosts uh, the Independence Bowl. That's a guess, but I think so. Impressive. That sounds a little more legit than I would have expected Shreveport to be holding. Yeah, um, that's not the last game the buffs played in but the one before that <laughs> which got a special place in your heart yeah kind of it was all the way back in 2007 the oh. same year that the indians blew it <laughs> for the rockies not a good year for you we're so happy to have you on board oh by the way you know who they played in that that uh independence bowl in 2007 in shreveport louisiana alabama nick saban's alabama <laughs> his yep. first season and then he took off from there and as, see you. as everyone always says two trains <laughs> that cross paths heading in very different directions. <laughs> Next one coming in from Mr. Freeze says, do you guys think everyone's drops could be a case of getting used to Flacco? From last year, I heard that Keenum had one of the most catchable balls the receivers had ever seen. Maybe these guys just got used to that low velocity rainbow style <laughs> throw. Flacco and Locke both have big arms. It could just take some time getting used to. What do you think? That's a great optimistic way of looking at yes. things. <laughs> I think um, it's a little too optimistic. I think they're hiring a new PR intern here, <laughs> and uh, you should give it a try. No, I'm just kidding. I hope uh, it's possible. It is possible that that could be the reason, because what what other reasons can you come up with, Zach? Why are these professional players who get paid literally millions for to do one thing, which is catch footballs, why are they struggling to catch the football? Just a bad compilation of hands out there. You th- Really? You just think that they're not guys with good hands. I'm blaming it on that rather than it's taking them more than a week. Plus, remember, they were catching balls from Flacco for two months out here uh, during the offseason. It it should not take that long to adjust. I, I like the idea, but when we're talking about each player has caught hundreds, if not a thousand balls from Joe Flacco already, the adjustment process shouldn't be that long. Yeah, I think it's just uh, these things get contagious. And for whatever reason, they just got a case of the drops. And it, 
it can spread rapidly. For me, it's actually not something that I'm worried about yet, the, the drops. And, and I'm worried about a lot of other things. It's not something that I, I'm worried about. There's just nothing, nothing worse than when the quarterback throws a perfect ball and it ends up on the ground. And instead of being first and 10, 15 yards ahead of where you started, you're second and 10 right back where you threw it from. He says, I was at my buddy's house the other day and he offered me a Breckenridge beer. It was a vanilla something. The old vanilla porter. He lives in Illinois and he told me that he tried it in Kentucky while visiting our army buddy. I'm a little upset he didn't have the strawberry one. You guys keep hyping up. Also, I keep seeing all these Christmas in July campaigns and can't help to think about BSN Christmas for the kids GoFundMe. We can keep campaigning going this year and it's never too early to donate. Yeah, we'll definitely get that started up again. Um, we worked with a precious child last year. I think we'll, we'll definitely do that again. It was so rewarding uh, to, to see, you know, the kids that we were able to help and, and make sure they had a Christmas. And uh, Emmanuel Sanders also partners with a precious child. So maybe we can, you know, uh, collab with him maybe even a little more this year. Here we go. A little clarification from Ole Malaria. It says, sorry about the name confusion. It should be Ole, like old without the D. Ole Malaria is the name of a horse and one of my favorite books. For whatever reason, it makes me laugh. Not the disease, just the horse's name. Anyways, since it's a horse's name, I'm not a young fan. I figured it fit as my username on a Broncos podcast. It does. I understand it now. I really appreciate your comments about the student athletes in the academy. You hit it on the you hit it on one of the reasons I thought to ask. Their experiences are so outside those of athletes at other schools. It'd be cool to get them to give them some love, but I totally understand why it doesn't make sense right now. Broncos question. I was curious about your thoughts on Noah Fan's comments re- responding to some of the criticism he's gotten so far. Personally, I think he has a point, but I'm not seeing things in person. Um, I just I had no idea what he was even responding to, Zach. Uh, so I. I don't know what, it, what 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 happened. I honestly don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know who was bashing him. I don't either. He goes on and says, By the way, RK, I heard Troy Rank giving your throwing arm some props on the fan a few minutes ago. You can throw, you can golf, you can shoot threes. The question is, can you skate backwards or hit a curveball? Is it time for the BSN skills competition? Keep up the great work, gentlemen. The one thing I can guarantee you I cannot do is skate backwards. <laughs> uh, in, in, <laughs> and I've been skiing for a long time. I can't even ski backwards. Uh, I don't feel comfortable. I mean, I guess I can. I just, I hate it. It scares the the bejeebers out of me. But um, hit a curveball. Funny story. No, but (laughs) I don't think I can hit a curveball. My first and only home run of my Little League career came off one of my buddies who later told me he was trying to throw a knuckleball. Knuckleball that didn't knuckle. (laughs) And uh, I hit it like 295 feet or whatever it took to get it over the fence probably less than that impressive all right 10 questions in this one let's roll through quick this is a fun one boucher all day says hey guys know you're busy have a few pickums hopefully you can help me with more career starts lock or reisner reisner lock more passing yards this year kirk cousins or flacco flacco cousins more receiving yards this year hamilton or fant Hamilton. Hamilton. More touchdowns this year. Fant or Sanders? Sanders. Sanders. More interceptions this year. Harris or Callahan? Callahan. Harris. More gumball holding calls or more low snaps by McGovern? Ooh. This is a good time to mention something yesterday in practice. Uh, Connor McGovern, the offense was backed up in the end zone battle on the one or two yard line. Had a low snap. Joe Flacco was in shotgun. The ball was on the ground. By the time Joe Flacco picked it up, he was sacked. Mm, I'm going low snaps. Yeah, I'm a uh, uh, yeah. I guess 
That's not a good one. Most likely to wear another team's jersey first. Royce Freeman, Isaac Yadam, or Josie Jewell? I'll say Jewell um, just because I think there's a chance that they eventually do change the linebacker room around in here. I just don't know when that's going to be. I'm going Jewell as well. More interceptions this year. Flacco or a D? Definitely the defense, in my opinion. I don't know. How many, how many interceptions does a team usually get? Wouldn't it be more? Wouldn't a whole team be able to gather more interceptions than one guy would throw? Wouldn't you think they'd be about similar if it like averages out around the league? Probably. I'll take the D though. They're sick. Okay. More team. You, have to, you haven't picked. I'll go with the D. Barely. Um, more team losses or McManus missed field goals? More team losses. I think yep. McManus is going to be money. Thanks for the great, great content during the you heat wave. Oh. More retweets this season. Philip Lindsay or Drew Locke? That one's easy. Philip Lindsay by a long shot. More retweets. Like from their own on account? On their own account. Philip Lindsay's a star. Mm, this year, I'll go with Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay could just post a picture of a Colorado flag, like a clip art style Colorado flag with nothing else, and get. 5,000 retweets. Once you're a starting quarterback, though. Yeah, but that's not happening this it, year. It's, it's end game. Thanks for all the great content during the heat wave. Fangio is seriously crazy for wearing that sweatshirt. Then again, it's called a sweat shirt. I've never seen a sweat stain on his sweatshirt. That's it, the craziest it's part. It's impressive. Next all one right, next one coming in. I'm not going to let you read all of them. <laughs> next one comes in from Sunny Rain. He says, Ryan, you're up for the Sunny Rain Podcast Response of the Year Award. <laughs> in reference to getting paid in all caps, quote, we get paid in lowercase. Classic. <laughs> On the name Sunny Rain, I got that from the fact that Colorado gets so many sun showers, and it's my favorite weather phenomenon. Anytime I experience a sun shower, I get pretty nostalgic about my childhood in Denver. It also represents the attitude I try to take with Denver sports teams. Remember to take the, uh, remember to take the good and the bad, and even the mediocre in stride. Actually, I only do this successfully with teams that aren't the Buffs or Broncos. I lose it about those two. But with everyone else, the sun is right around the corner. I hope, maybe, LOL. Oh, I almost forgot. Apparently, Sunny Rain also used to be a beer in Colorado. Thanks, guys. Mm, maybe that can be a new beer for Breckenridge. Sunny Rain. Next one's from Bronco Duck. He says, Justin Herbert sucks. When I hear such a fascinating take, I can't help but comment. <laughs> However, I know no one else cares about how the Ducks are going to win the Pac-12 this year, so I'll just say this, Ryan. October 11th. <laughs> can't wait. The where's, Ducks might win. The game? I believe it's... Oh, it's in Austin. Mm. Um, all my friends are going. I'm going to try to go. Um, <laughs> the Ducks might win, but it won't be because of their trash quarterback. <laughs> Anyways, he goes on. On to a Broncos take. I'm sick of watching the NFL Network giving all the Broncos opponents a win when they're predicting uh, team records. Nobody thinks we're going to be relevant. I can't wait for this team to prove them wrong. I hear both of your concerns on the offensive line, but I just keep taking a step back and saying we have one of the best offensive line coaches in the game, and we've upgraded two positions on the line. If you couple that with a healthy knock-on-wood Ron Leary, I think there is real reason for optimism. I'm glad we've been able to get some extra practices in. Sounds like the team needs it. With Foom, Hireman, and Fant, what is the likelihood but makes the final 53? Just sucks to see a talented guy struggle with so much injury. Well, you, you enjoyed that. our first segment, and I'm going to comment on your offensive line thing really quick. Yeah, I had all that reason for optimism entering training camp, but at what point do you go with what your eyes see? I mean, I think you go with what your eyes see initially, taking with a grain of salt, then, you know, now it's what we have a cup of salt right now uh, about what we've seen so far. It's it's not the whole shebang. It's not the whole bag. It's like a Dixie cup of salt. A Dixie cup of salt. Okay, yeah, I, I like that. But 
it's hard to ignore that. Absolutely. And I think I'm going to give the Munchak effect time because I don't think coaching just works like a magic fairy dust that you just sprinkle above the players. And that's why I said yesterday, though, time. Maybe not a month, maybe a year. Like, it, it's going <sighs> to, it, I think it's, that effect is going to be a while, not in a bad way, but until we fully, fully see it. It's going to be a while. And that's what everyone says with offensive line is whether it's a new coach, whether it's gelling, it takes so much longer than the fans would ever expect. With 31 practices and five preseason games before they play, I'd like to see it take effect in the fourth preseason game. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, just I talked to an offensive lineman earlier this offseason. They said, yeah, it can take a year. So an extra well, maybe preseason to reach game your full pers- helps. Maybe to, to reach the full potential. I'd just like to see them looking cohesive by then. Of course. All right, next one's from Miller Life 58 Not Miller Light, Miller Life 58 mm. Just wanted to comment on the defense looking so much better than the offense early in camp and offer some perspective from my personal experiences that might offer a glimmer of hope. I recently graduated where I played college football. I played fullback. Ooh. Wow. Although I was no meathead George Aston. And we were on an offense that changed offensive coordinators twice over my four years. Every single year after the change, the defense would shred our offense in camp, as typically they were only learning around 10 to 15 plays, while we were drowning in our playbook with hundreds of plays, as well as the terminology for audibles and play calls. However, after a few weeks, as the offense started to become more comfortable, the gap started to close. By the end of our preseason practices, we were up to speed with the defense and chugging along like Ryan chugging a strawberry sky before a BSN podcast. (laughs) I actually shotgun them, but yes, I get what you're saying. (laughs) Not saying there's a guarantee of anything, but I feel like we can hold off on the worry a little longer, especially given the elite defense our offense is going against. Just curious, in training camp, in your guys' opinion, is it better for the offense to be shredding the defense or the defense to be shredding the offense? Appreciate the content. There's There's nothing worse than having a terrible defense in football. Um, because it just feels like your offense has to be perfect. Now, you can say the opposite, but it just, for me, I'd rather see the team have a good defense to sort of uh, keep you in games. Like, if you have a terrible offense, it's very easy to get blown out. I mean, a terrible defense, it's very easy to go get blown out. If you have a terrible offense, well, some days, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut, and you win a game. I couldn't disagree more. If, if you have a good offense, it probably means you have a good quarterback, and a good quarterback's always going to keep you in games. Uh, that changes everything, though. I'm just talking about which y- unit as a whole I want to see be better. But if, if your offense is consistently shredding apart a team, it's because the quarterback play is good. Fair enough, but if you're shredding a defense, then you could end up, Losing the Super Bowl 43-8. to eight. Yeah, but you said Super Bowl. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> it's a, I guess, I don't know. I just, I've seen uh, my teams in my life have some really bad defenses. I've seen, um, oh, God, what was the name of the, the running back for Arizona that then went to the Bears? Yeah. Kareem yeah. something? Uh, I've seen him run for th- over uh, 280 yards, I think it was, maybe even more on my football team, it's the most painful thing ever. Like, bad offense is ugly to watch. Bad defense feels so demoralizing. Here's the thing is, with defenses, it's typically hard to have a great defense for an extended period of time. So Right, yeah, because it's not one player who can change everything just like a quarterback. Exactly. But in a, in a vacuum, I'd rather see the defense be good. All right, you get this next name. 
All right, from uh, from Nostra Dogbert, a.k.a. Iceman. We're just going to go with Iceman from here on out. He says, like 14-year-old not Phil Lindsay, I may be your oldest new family member at 66 years young. My virgin question. Will the Denver Broncos win the AFC West in the NFL's 100th season and the AFC in the Broncos' 60th season? My dad made me a lifetime Broncos fan in 1960 in Virginia. Thanks, boys, and have a strawberry sky or six each for me. Oh, that is so cool. Thank you for reaching out, Iceman. 66. I, I love the age range we got going on. I have bad news for you. No. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. But we appreciate you uh, being with us. I think that's really, really cool. It is Can awesome. Can you tell us a story of how you got into podcasts? Mm. Because I've been trying to tell my parents, who are in your age range, to get into podcasts, and I just can't. I can't get them into it. And I just, I know, like, I, I feel this way with everyone. I'm like, if you discover podcasts, your life will be so much better. <laughs> but I just can't get them to figure out, like, they're like, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> it's not that hard once you get a hang of it. It's annoying. Next one coming in from Kiwi Broncos. says, new subscriber here all the way from New Zealand. Been a Broncos fan since Cutler's first game, which I just happened to fl- find flicking through the channels. Had watched football for years, but just used to pick up a team on that day. My wife bought me my first jersey. It's an orange Chris Harris Jr. jersey. At the time, it was Harris or Shane Ray. Uh, you made the good, right decision. Thankfully, she made the right choice. I've been on the Drew Locke bandwagon since before the draft, so that will likely be my next jersey. I must have woken up on the right side of the bed because I am not worried about the offense. Can't be as bad as last year. Don't think we'll be much better than average this year, but the defense is going to be top 10, and we should be a borderline playoff team. Finally, thanks for your awesome coverage. Found you guys just before the draft, and good to finally have some year-round coverage on the other side of the world. Awesome. We're so happy to have you. Uh, the next one comes in from Dan Burke. Hey, guys, just a few thoughts. Uh, just a few is not the way I would describe this. <laughs> one, just saw that Chubb was voted by his peers in the top 100 players list. He came in at 82, which is three spots higher than Frank Clark, who Chiefs fans believe uh, who have convinced themselves is a top five pass rusher in the NFL. I don't acknowledge the top 100 player list. Sorry. <laughs> two, do you all know if Butt has practice squad eligibility? I can't remember the exact criteria, but I know he's barely played over the past past few years, so I guess he might be. I actually think he does. I think he does as well. Three for Mr. B. Four with the news that Russell Okung is banged up and may miss all of training camp, and obviously that the Melvin Gordon saga. Have y'all lowered your expectations for the Chargers? I never had high expectations for the Chargers. <laughs> uh, no. Well, we'll see what happens with Melvin Gordon. I don't think Russell Okung was that good anyway. Five, I know it's early, and we need to see the games. Would you, would you say there's no weak link in our starting secondary? Sounds like Chris, Bryce, Kareem, Yadam, Bosby, Simmons, and Parks are all playing really well so far. I would say there's no weak spot. Yep. Six, who's impressed you more between Trinity Benson and Langley? Benson, we're not even going to go any further. Um, seven, gone for John Elway. Eight, Ryan's going to hate me, but I see a lot of Cordero Patterson in LaVisca's game and feel like he could be used in a similar way in the pros. Kyle Shanahan drafted a similar player this year. Nope, no such thing. Jalen Hurd, so there's a good chance that Scangarello might be able to use LaVisca's skill set better than some coaches, but he definitely needs to go to a creative offense. I disagree entirely, and there are no, there's no such Cord- thing as a similar patter, uh, Cord- player. Cordale, Cordale, Cordale Patterson. That's not even close. Cordero. Cordero Patterson. Yeah, there you go. There's, There's your. Uh, I see none of Cordell Patterson in Lavisca's game. You're actually crazy if you don't. I mean, that's a guy that was that was kind of you know so versatile. Just because the the Patriots used him at running back one game because they had literally <laughs> no one else does not mean. And because he has dreads, doesn't he have dreads? I don't know. I think he does. I just know he's like a big. He has, he's got good size and was a speed guy. 
no, no. There's no one like LaVisca. Don't worry. I'm going to remind you about C. Patterson there's, every time you talk about it. There's no one like LaVisca. There's not <laughs> next a one, single person. Next one coming in from Bronco. Maddie says, loving the coverage of of – teammate of training camp we're getting a steal on this content for the price a concern i have is sutton i listened to his interview yesterday where he was very defensive about his performance sounds like the broncos have a drama queen brewing he can complain when he shows actual performance just a view i do not think the players with this attitude will last long with fangio however he may have had just a bad day as we all do hopefully this does not become a theme for him did you Keep catch the great work did you catch his whole press conference yep what did you think? I was only there for a little bit. I didn't get the defensiveness. Yeah, I I got it, and it wasn't the whole time, but it was it was during some uh, of his answers. Because I asked him a question. I said, "Hey, uh, last year at this camp, you're you know going up and getting a jump ball every single day in practice for a touchdown. This year, it feels like you haven't even had those chances. Why is that?" And I didn't feel like his answer was defensive at all. I thought it was actually very insightful, and I plan on writing about it today. Hmm. Anyways. From Minnesota, Paul. Hey, BSN fam. I'm coming to Denver for the weekend. My flight lands at 9 on Friday. We are picking up the rental car and heading straight to training camp to get in on, on the fun. Coincidentally, there's a BSN bar crawl? What time does it start? Can't, get to, can't wait to try one of those legendary Strawberry Sky beers. Yes. <laughs> Meet us at Blake Street Tavern at 7.30. And let me tell you, Strawberry Sky is even better on tap. And they have it there on tap at Blake Street Tavern. Mm. So, Minnesota, Paul. Can't wait to meet you on Friday night. Anyways, he says, I know it's been, uh, it's been asked a hundred times on the pod, but what are the most C's while we're in for a long weekend? I remember Red Rocks and a Rockies game were high on your list. The Rockies are out of town, but we're planning on seeing Red Rocks. Zach, where's the best place to do a long run that could potentially turn into a walk? I'm training for a marathon, but I'm betting the altitude will hit me hard. Mm, I would recommend going to Wash Park. It's two and a half miles if you do the outer loop, and you can do that as many times as you need. That's, that's where my girlfriend trained for a marathon. He goes on and says, Ryan, I also only drink my coffee cold and straight black. Where is the best place to get coffee in town? They've got this really good shop. Um, it's got this green and white logo. It's called no, <laughs> Starbucks. No, um, actually, Zach might actually be a better resource for this. I feel like you hit up some trendy coffee shops. Yeah, I got to think about that in the next five minutes before this podcast is over. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember if I've been to any really cool coffee shops in in downtown and I'm, nothing is like jumping out right away there's me. just one that's not too far from wash park called steam if you want uh if you want kind of the the hipster coffee shop that's the place to go I think I, i've I, been to that one you probably have it there's a little airplane in the back uh haven't the, been to that one <laughs> you'll probably find a mustache or two there an airplane in the mustache no, I in, mean a mustache <laughs> in the airplane. In it, uh, in the coffee shop, you'll find the mustache. In the back, you'll find like a little airplane. I think it's still there. Okay. Anyways, we'll we'll think on that a little we'll more. We'll tell you tomorrow. Um, any other things you recommend while he's here? Oh, I, how much time do you have? I guess we'll see you tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you re- to give we'll you some give you rec- then. Is tomorrow Friday? Yep. Oh my God, it's flying <laughs> by, folks. The last one, and it feels like these have been never ending. It's from Benny Fischel. I'm definitely getting a little bit nervous about the offense this year with the O-line struggling to keep a clean pocket and the receivers in their recent case of the drops. Which unit do you think is the most likely to right the ship come week one and which unit you say is more vital to Denver's success this year? I think they're the opposite. Um, right, right the ship by week one is wide receivers. Which one is more vital is O-line. I like that. He goes on. Also, I'm so excited about Bradley Chubb. Even if the guy doesn't improve his rookie in his rookie year is the status quo, he's still a top 10 to 15 edge guy in the league. 
However, there's no reason to believe he won't improve over the course of the next few years. I think when he calls it a career, he's top 10 all-time in sacks. I'll tell you what. This year, you have every single reason to believe that he's going to take a big step up from last year. Absolutely. He says, stay cool out there, guys. I'll be sure to crack open a Breckenridge Brewery Avalanche Amber Ale for you gentlemen tonight. (laughs) We appreciate that. Breckenridge Brewery damn good beers (laughs) all right that's gonna wrap it up for us today on the bsn broncos podcast um yeah we gotta get to practice so we'll talk to you tomorrow It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order.